This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jarrett Duncan. RJ Bailock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're on the road, whining, dining, and killing lonely hearts as we watch Spine mm. 200, RJ, in the Criterion Collection. Leonard oh. Castle's The Honeymoon Killers from 1970. But first, happy 200th Spine. <laughs> what kind of creature are we talking about here? This this how many vertebrae we've gone through? Uh, something in under the chordata, I believe. Okay, you, you know about those chordatas, Jarrett? Hey, I mean, uh, uh, bio high, bio in high school is long behind me, so uh, I'll, well, I'll I mean, Jarrett, talk about that. If you under if you remember your biology twenty teachings, you might understand how dear King Philip came over for good spaghetti domain kingdom phylum class order genus species i think that's right if that's not right a bunch of people are going out there with wrong information uh i uh i forgot that this is 200 again we're probably the laziest show ever remember when we hit 100 and we were just like whoops half half yeah, no, I actually went back. To, I think it was like episode eighty-four. Was very uh, underwhelming, wasn't it? Was uh, the Beastie Boys anthology, and uh, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot. But RJ, I did uh, uh, make pro- or make public my ranked list for the Criterion Collection mm. one hundred and one to two hundred. It's official, and you can uh, you can give me that feedback now, like you did last you, time. You just did. Yeah, I'll go to this bad boy right now. Mm-hmm. What did I write last time? What was my feedback? Uh, Sallow sucks. Uh, is that the correct pronunciation of that thing? It is. I uh, I did a I did a bad thing, and I looked at our YouTube most watched episode uh, last week. I was like, I wonder what's going on in the comment thread of our most popular episode. Oh and, man! Uh, one of the uh, number one things was just uh, you're mispronouncing Salo, and it's like, Sh- shut up, shut. I I saw though at least one person is trying to stick up for us a little bit, but. Uh, that episode, man, God, just man. has a life of its own. I think it's because I, people are clicking on it, thinking that it's the movie, and they're yeah. like, "Oh man, it's probably got all the good juicy bits, all the people eating poop and getting buggered, and the good bits, <laughs> yeah, hey? all the rape." It's like, "Oh, it's the good stuff. That's what I need on my YouTube." Oh. Can you repeat your name and uh, your uh, your official title there? All the good stuff. R.J. Baylog. Rape. He says, this is a professional man who works in a public setting, people. Mm-hmm. I would be just scared. I uh, Some of these movies on your list, I am like legitimately kind of surprised that it was like that was in the second half. Like how to get ahead in advertising. Mm-hmm. The Rock. I, I had no idea The Rock was that late. Oh. I thought I heard a monster upstairs. Never mind. These movies are surprising. I don't remember like half of these. <laughs> Is that good? Uh, it's telling. It's something, right? It's something. That's why. That's one of the nice things about Letterboxes. You can uh, really keep track of those memories. My uh, my monster list is just a disaster. I think. I uh, see. I told you. It's. I I know you said that. Is just. It's too late now, man. What am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. What am I gonna do? I don't know. Well, it's nice to see this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this what you've been working on the last week? I, I, I do this every week. It's, it's it's an ongoing project. 
Hey, you know what I meant to ask you is uh, yeah. what happened to that abandoned uh, movies mentioned on the Criterion Creeps podcast list oh, you had? One? It just seemed like a lot of extra work for very little. It was when we were watching like 20, 30 movies a week. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of work. I, yeah, I, I don't know. It becomes kind of convoluted too when we're talking about future creeps before they uh-huh. get watched then you have to move them around it doesn't really make sense i see so it's kind of abandoned i do have my notes i do have like uh like documents where, where we've, i have written out every movie we've watched and so if i was ambitious i could go back and update that list but at this point uh since and no one's asked and nobody's mm-hmm. missed it it's like well, well, i asked you you did and uh well i mean you 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 could take over the list you could I'd rather, uh, you could I'd you rather clone not. that list keep up on it you maybe know, we should make, make it a your, patreon uh, poll yeah well we, yeah, we have, not, we have, not for us to do it but for someone else to take it we, over we have so many patreon goals it's crazy yeah but how many people are making good on this i i'll i'll live up to my end of the bargain for every one of those if people actually make good yeah but it, it's not like the dollar patron thing you gotta you gotta mm-hmm. hit that like yeah i i would really just that henry I mean, the fifth level no not even that is like do you think anyone would make it so that i, I don't have to work anymore <laughs> and i could just like they would oh. take care of me yeah we're a long ways from that i would i'd i'd post every day one thing on the instagram every day that that's my if i was wow. taken care of i'd post at least <laughs> once every day yeah if you were a kept man yeah w- what do we got to do to get there um. <laughs> hey, so I saw something weird in the bathroom the other day. Okay. I, I'm not not my personal body, but like, so at work, uh, there's like an office that has like a shower in there for uh, staff members in case, you know, they need to shower or whatever. And there's like soaps and shampoos and stuff like that, you know, the regular stuff. Right. And then I saw this cup. And uh, you know what I saw in the cup, Jared? In this shared communal bathroom and shower hair toothbrushes oh there was probably hair in there too but more than one toothbrush just all hanging out together in this big group cup (laughs) would you do it with the people you worked with would you share a cup with your toothbrush would you chug the water at the bottom of that cup i i would be pretty pretty uh pretty shocked if that thing has been changed out in the last 20 years uh so no i would not drink the water at the end of that cup but that could be a patreon goal for you uh, pass i uh, oh, okay I'll, I'll work for my money well i mean we're trying now but yeah. people just it's like aren't well, it's, it's, it's just starting yeah we'll have to start going down that geek show route biting uh, the heads off chickens well you you would be into that wouldn't you don't you love that geek stuff no yes uh, th- through a uh television screen oh one of those hey mm. gross otherwise gross. uh so other than like thinking about people's germs Poor decisions and uh mouth leavings uh-huh. on sticks how are things good i mean pretty good so far chipper i'm kind of yeah yeah i uh i'm kind of in this space of existence <laughs> okay uh, and that's the only way I can really describe it. I currently exist. A funk. It's kind of a. Uh, is it too strong of a word? No, no, that's not. That's not too. That's not too strong. But do you say you're in a groove? Oh, definitely. I'm always in a groove. A do rut. you remember? 
Well, do you remember when the Emperor got his groove back? I recall. That hit David Spade movie? It's kind of like that. Okay. Uh, I, I'm actually, I think things are looking up. I'm just, uh, I'm in like, I'm at a point where thing, lots of things are like, hey, you got to get that done right now. And it's like, okay, all right. And then once that's done, it's like, hey, go do, go find a different other career and or job and make that happen now. And then I'll be like, oh, okay. Oh. oh. But uh, other than that, uh, quite well, Jarrett. Quite well. Work is nice. Mm-hmm. I made cookies the other day for uh, the ladies in the office. They th- they thought it was a rage. <laughs> so that was good. What's going on at the university? Lots of dumbass people. Oof. It's the end of the semester rush. Mm. All those smiling faces, all wanting things from me. <laughs> hey, can you print this off, man? So, yeah, things like that. And then uh, they just... I don't, they're not they're not ready you know they're just uh they're here take this figure it out <laughs> like, mm-hmm. well i could send you a way to f- continue fixing this to the point where it's ready for me or i could just do it mm-hmm. this is probably just easier i'm a sucker so you just how many undergrads do you think you've worked for, towards just doing this stuff for people or is oh, it other boy. or is it employee I staffs see. yeah well it's it's everyone Help me. It's all all of them, all those guys. You know, like some guy, some some kids probably like, hey, can you help me with this? And then he just hands it in. He's like, this is my assignment. Mm-hmm. Do you think that ever happens with you? Oh, it's happened, and no. then, and I've heard all about it, <laughs> and it's like, huh? Do they do anything about it though? No. Yeah, it's it requires too much. Exactly. It requires too too much. Oh well, the hell with them. That's what I say. Hey, RJ, you want to hear some Yo. emails? How many? Big four. Big. So far. Four. Unless anyone's late. Is anybody late? What do you think? Uh, do you think anyone's running late right now? Do we already have one from Mr. Frank Solano? Uh, no. Oh, I was going to say he could be the late edition. He's usually pretty pretty close to the wire, isn't he? Sometimes, yep. Yeah. That's it. Here we All go. Right. So we'll first up. Oliver Granger, the big 200. Mm. Congrats on hitting Spine 200. It's been a pleasure. This podcast feels like a tight-knit film club. I used to do many film-related activities, which I have had to give up due to being a parent. So this podcast Mm. has been absolutely essential to me getting my film fix. Mm. I was going to list the top five films from the last 100, but I didn't have anything interesting to say apart from, I would never have watched this if I wasn't going to go through the collection. Like Children of Paradise, a fucking three-hour-long French film, turned out to be a masterpiece. Though there has been some rough patches in this 100, the I Am Curious collection, followed by, by Brackage, followed by (laughs) The Adventures of Antoine Donnell, was a fucking exhausting time. Mm -hmm. I remember messaging you to maybe give me a break and do a Laserdisc episode, but I believe (laughs) the next one due is a Hitchcock triple feature. How would he know? He's He's done those maths. Mm. they're figuring it out after all these years Uh, and it also mentions that Rebecca being another highlight of the last 100 here's to the Mm. next 100 as once we are through that fans will be blessed with my next planned appearance 301 an angel at my table that's almost two years away Jesus Christ oh oh good only two years maybe we can extend that a little bit throw really crank up the laser disc things and uh, prolong this right just a bit just a little bit. Just a bit. No. 
Well, I mean, it's nice to hear that someone's getting something out of this. <laughs> yep. Right? <laughs> it's good. Hey, it's true. We, we It's like our own little fan club, RJ. We're the, we're the leaders of it. We're, we're, the, we're the heads of the club. I, I would just, I mean, people can do what they want, but I feel like there's got to be something better out there than you and me. Yeah. Or Surely. Maybe, I don't know. But, but maybe there's not. Maybe there's not. Yeah. I mean, good counterpoint, Jarrett. <laughs> Maybe there isn't. What are they going to go listen to? Cold case uh, podcasts again and again? Yes. Seems like a lot of people who listen to this really do like those uh, cold case podcasts. They've been brought mm-hmm. up a bunch of times, haven't they? Uh, they're very, uh, it's a popular forum for the that genre, the, the, the podcast. Maybe that toothbrush in the cup is a cold case. Maybe it's been there for like 40 years and no one's... Uh, mm-hmm the gall to take it out mm. do you think that those ever get changed out those toothbrushes like hell anyone, no they, <laughs> no man not the one i saw next time i'm in there i'll snap a pic for you oh, send shit. it your way yeah i uh, could put it on the instagram but i'd only do it if it was a patreon goal next up sam mm-hmm. sanchez okay with an email entitled noir Ooh. hey once again guys so I had a question that I know a, a similar one has been asked before, just not sure if this exact one. If you guys weren't fulfilling your duties of being the only Criterion podcast out there, what other podcast would you be doing that is still film-related? I think you've been asked in general, I think even by you, Sam, before, but I'm not sure about still staying within film. I'm assuming Weekly Ghoul School would be a possibility, or if there are other topics, labels you'd go after. What do you think, RJ? What would we be doing if uh, not recording the Criterion Creeps podcast? Keeping the Absol- flame alive. Uh, I mean, if we weren't doing this, we would be doing we would be doing no podcast, surely. <laughs> we would just be dead doing no podcast. Um, ghoul School, That's I think we've mentioned a few times, right? I think that's the only other thing that you and me have found uh, similar ground on would be the horror. The ghoul School. The, the ghoul schools because i don't think we would want to do a, a scott or like a Zack snyder podcast oh yeah just like every week it's just hashtag release the snyder cut every Wh- which every week i was like horrified to see was trending again uh recently because it, it's well, just it's just never going to go away because it, these these mm-hmm. people these fucking people uh yeah so in if not the Zack snyder cut uh podcast even actually, ben, ben, would... ben affleck got in on the action i believe I know. Well, that was why it was so popular the, yeah. this last week. All the I big see. dogs were there. Mm-hmm. Ben, Jason Momoa, Gal Gadot. <laughs> they were all there, just like you. Just like you. Uh, I don't know. I would say that probably. But yeah. I'd like, I, I mean, I think I've mentioned before, I think uh, the uh, Vinegar Syndrome uh, boutique label has uh, had some pretty interesting stuff. I mean, it's, it's you know, we were talking about the batting average of the Criterion Collection. It's, you know, it's, it's not that, great. It's, it's 50-50. That's not, yeah. I mean, for anything, that's, like, pretty decent. 500? Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I would say, I think you should do a spinoff podcast mm. uh, of the Vinegar Syndrome and dedicate more of your time doing yeah. this. It would also be three hours of recording a week, not to mention all of the watching on top of it. And then you could just not listen to it <laughs> i wouldn't i don't listen to podcasts anymore i gave up i got i got too mad at them i would just because and then i was like is this what we fucking sound like probably <laughs> probably 
and then I was like, oh, that makes me even more upset and mad at myself. Well, you know, like, you know that we make some people mad. We'll say something. Oh, I just, know that for sure. Oh, they just get, oh, you're just like, fuck. Yeah. I don't uh, care about making anyone else mad. I don't give a shit about other people. Yeah. I never have, and I won't. You're not uh, going to start. I'm not going to start. I just mean, like, if I if I was listening to myself and I'd be like, man, I sound like an asshole. But I, I do listen to our podcast sometimes. It's yeah. the only one. It's the only one. Shockwaves once in a while. That's it. Sam yeah, continues. Man. With oh. me going through noir vember and Jared about to do the same for Jan Noir Airy, mm-hmm. it made me realize that there are basically no good podcasts out there tackling film noir and just very few in Ooh. general. The few that are out there either attempt to be too scholarly and analytical for my taste, or they mm-hmm. get too bogged down in discussing whether one of these movies should be considered film noir because it doesn't adhere to some very strict plot structure or characteristics. Just seems like an area of opportunity out there that I would personally consider for my answer to make all those big podcast bucks like Jared gets and keeps from RJ. The closest oh, podcast out there to what I'm looking for in a noir podcast would probably be Projection Booth when they do their focus on noir every November. Other than that, nothing. That's very uh, film noir-ish, isn't it? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Uh, I mean, well, that's that's why we didn't, or that's what all the other Criterion podcasts are like too, right? Too analytical. People so far up their own asses that uh, they just, yeah. is it a Criterion movie? And it's like, well, it is. It's in there. We're just up our own asses. Just just enough. Just enough. Well, I, I would say we're not completely up each other's, which is the oh. biggest the biggest differentiation there. The, the biggest crime of them all. The biggest crime of them all. Just half. Curious to see what Jared tackles this January for his noir month. Keep it up, guys. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. What how, do you got uh, planned? Nothing. I have a I have a I have a huge list. Like it's probably like fifty movies. And I'm keeping an eye on what Sam's watching, you know, looking for those uh four star pluses and going, That's worth my time. That's not worth my time. Hmm. I uh will not do any of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I look forward to hearing about it. Do you, though? Uh, I mean, some noirs. Are you, what about um, Roger Rabbit? Is that a film noir? Yeah, sure. It's uh, what the kids call neo-noir. Ah, okay. I can't wait until we get or to the criteria. neo-noir neo. trappings. Oh, one of those. Yeah. Hey, don't you love that movie Following? We should go see that. Yeah. Jackson. Oh, an email entitled capes cabins coloring hey creeps Mm -hmm. i hope you're all having an excellent week it was great Mm -hmm. to see that capes was not lost to time and hope that all who wish to see it will be able to in the near future interesting to see that it was once on youtube in 12 parts what was that sad (laughs) that so i'll continue here but seeing frank and oliver's Mm -hmm. glowing reviews does give hope that jfd will give distribution a second chance a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. ago when discussing nocturnal animals i was curious as to what were some of these great neo 90s noir uh neo-noir desert thrillers that jared alluded to i was also wondering what you guys think of eli ross films i enjoyed cabin fever quite a bit and would love to hear your thoughts and finally, with the recent release of the Absolute Edition of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, I was disappointed to see that it was subject to recoloring. What are your guys' opinion on old comics being recolored? And do you guys purchase these premium formats of collected editions? Keep up the great work. Axiom Jackson Maximus. Ah, it's back. See, there it is. Yeah, it's it back. Is. Yep. It didn't go away. Okay, a few things up front. You're going to have to cover the comic book thing. Eli Roth. I've never seen Cabin Feather. But I thought Hostel was good when I saw it in theaters when it came out. Oh, you saw it in theater. Uh, 
Yeah, I did. I was, I was 15 years uh, old. I was too scared to see it in the theater, RJ. I, well, I, I, was, I didn't want to be spooked. It. You do have um, scared, spooked it qualities. Uh, I've actually only seen a couple of his movies. The Two Hostels, Grindhouse, and what else have I seen? Oh, thanks, the, yeah, the Grindhouse he's, he's thing. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, yes. um, I mean, I think he's fine, but it sounds like his other and, movies. And Green, like and, Death, Green Inferno. Green Inferno, Death Wish, and Knock Knock sound like they're pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Or so I've heard. Um, Cabin Fever I watched way back when those uh, – I was on a big kick uh, buying movies for like five bucks at Blockbuster, and it was all the uh, the so-called splat pack movies. Mm-hmm. You had like all those, like all the that kind of grimy hostile saw era of stuff. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes remake. Mm-hmm. So it's been forever since I watched Cabin Fever. I remember it being okay, but I've I've never had the impulse to watch it again. And I just mm-hmm. kind of remember when it got uh, internet memed with the uh, pancake scene. Which I, I don't know if you've seen uh, that before. I don't think I've seen There's that. This, like this kid who's just going, pancakes, pancakes, and starts doing some martial arts display. It's, uh, it's a very <laughs> peculiar scene. Sounds like you a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. Little so bit. Uh, back to the thing about these these great 90s neo-noir desert thrillers I was losing to. So the one I think of that I think is like a pretty great piece of 90s thriller filmmaking set in a desert is Breakdown with Kurt Russell. Okay. That movie's great. But there's like kind of a – here's a snapshot. So there's there was Breakdown. Uh, there's the movie Lone Star, U-Turn, Red Rock West, White Sands. Thelma and Louise kind of fits into that. I mean, most of it, mm-hmm. it but not tr- like it's not a real thriller. Uh, there's The Hot Spot, directed by Dennis Hopper. There's California with a K, with Brad mm-hmm. Pitt, David Duchovny. Mm-hmm. Uh, California. Yeah. And, and, and another uh, 90s deserty movie I always think of was Broken Arrow. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not the neo noir side. Uh, and there's one movie I came across here called Delusion from like 1990, I guess, that. I don't know. There was something people like making those movies in the '90s in the deserts. So that's why I don't know any of these. You never heard of uh, U-Turn, Red Rock West? Or... Uh, I, I know California and U-Turn, but I don't okay. know. This desert noir thing is uh, news to me. Yeah, I mean, there's like '50s examples of it, but it's uh, when you go out into the actually, frick, there's one other one too that I'm blinking out on that I didn't see on the one list I was kind of scamming for uh, for for stuff that I recognized, but mm. it will come to me. Anyway, so yeah, they're like, yeah, I won't necessarily call them great. And the Nocturnal Animals, mm-hmm. that was the best part of the movie was when it was like going with that feeling. But anyway, and as far as uh, recoloring, so yeah, I had my eye on this this Alan Moore Absolute Edition Swamp thing. I mm-hmm. I like that Alan Moore. I've got a mm-hmm. lot of Alan Moore books. And uh, mm-hmm. when these repackages uh, coming along, I buy them. This one... I heard about the recoloring and I was kind of waiting for some feedback to whether or not it was a good one or not. It, it depends. I mean, I'm a, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm going to say I'm a purist. I like the original coloring always on my 60s comics, like like the, the Marvel Masterworks books. They always have like these recolor jobs on them that look terrible. They're using color mm-hmm. gradients that just don't look right um, on that, especially on the type of paper they printed on. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather them just like maybe clean up the coloring rather than like completely redo it so it looks contemporary. So there's this imaginary audience of people who are like, oh man, I'd love to read old comics, but the coloring, I just can't get into it. It's like, if you can't get into it, I don't know if you're going to reread this stuff now that it looks contemporary because the comics yeah. are contemporary. The writing, the everything about it, it's set in a different period. So 
I don't know. Sometimes it's gro- like I mean, it is kind of disappointing looking back at some like old comic books, like them, like the originals, and like the, mm-hmm. the newsprint is like rotting, and the colors are getting worse and worse. So they don't look great. But I mean, you can get an older trade, and those things look a lot better. The newsprint's better quality. Mm-hmm. But that that's the way I I would go. That's the way I've gone with a lot of that stuff. It's just getting the trades of it because I think one thing that you mentioned, um, I I, I like the. The texture of the paper too in some of those older trades mm-hmm. like I, I don't know is that is that a weird thing well, it, it, it's always these alan moore things too because uh watchman yeah. got the recoloring uh which did involve mm-hmm. john higgins on the recoloring and killing joke i believe brian boland was involved with that and it doesn't mm-hmm. look terrible but i mean my eyes are just trained to remember what it looked originally like so i'm, I'm, I'm not the audience for that Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I've seen some egregious recolors. It's just, oh, why bother? Why like so? Because a lot of time goes into doing that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an entire art form. So I guess it, it keeps some people busy, and it's a way to sell some extra books. But I would never. I don't want it. Not in my life. And it's just uh, double dipping people, right? And yeah, uh, do you guys purchase premium formats of collected editions? I do at, at times for the stuff I really, really, really like. But even that's um, like I've got multiple versions of batman year one and mm-hmm. uh, uh yeah promethea and some other stuff too you know I, I i i've had to hold back from buying this uh giant daniel klaus art book that's coming out that's like 150 dollars us because it's 150 dollars us and it's huge and it's like mm-hmm. not, it's not practical i'll probably look at it once and go yeah that's really great but <laughs> i don't know there's things like that where I mean I've got space, but man, what do you what do you do with it once you have it? It's just it's, you sh- it's cool you to should have. Just get it. Just you get should it. Just get it. You already I, have hey, so much of that stuff. I, here, here, this will uh, probably kind of tie into I think maybe something Justin asks next. But okay, wait, 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 wait. No, actually, no, it doesn't. So this is the thing. So okay. I uh, pre-ordered. I, I ordered the Godzilla Showa thing from Barnes and Noble. They're fifty percent mm-hmm. off sale. Mm-hmm. They canceled it. Uh, this, oh, <laughs> they canceled it. They, can, on you? they canceled it. And, wow. And this was after I emailed them like two weeks ago to cancel it because it was taking so long, and I could just order it somewhere else. Like Amazon mm-hmm. has it for essentially the same price. Yeah. And uh, they wouldn't do it. They're like, "Oh no, sorry, we can't do that." And I was like, "Well, why?" It's like, "Well, what happens if you never fulfill it?" Oh, don't worry, we'll cancel it. It's like, wait, <laughs> you can't cancel it but you can cancel it if you don't want to ship it. So that was amazing. So now I'm very conflicted about buying it at all. <laughs> well, I mean, as you mentioned, I, I saw on Amazon, it went down a little yeah, bit. Oh, even it from when it, yeah, it's so it, not, it's not too bad at the moment yeah, on there. I know. Uh, I would do it. Just don't let Barnes and Noble ruin it for you. Man, I don't know. Those fucks. Okay, so here's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would read those comic books. I think it's like playing old video games on the old systems. Right. Just makes it feel better for whatever reason. So Capes. Uh, I noticed that uh, some people were watching this movie, this Capes movie, and it seemed to have moderate to okay ratings. <laughs> I mean, one of them seemed very high, but then there was a no star rating. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that could uh, – could go either way yeah uh i also agree i think maybe other people would also enjoy liking to watch this movie capes probably sam sanchez probably actium jackson maximus uh probably i, I, believe uh, <laughs> I don't know if jackson has any interest <laughs> he will when it comes 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure all these guys will. And I, I need to hear about it from them because I will very clearly never watch this movie. So yeah. I need to uh, live vicariously, vicariously through these fine gentlemen. That's so. right. Interesting. Uh, I wonder where they got a copy. They must have been searching the dark web. They, they, they got into their. They logged on to Tor. They, uh, mm. they, they, they. Somebody told them, "Hey, come over here." And but you know uh-huh. they have, they have to get past those like weird videos of like Filipino mothers beating their children for money. Excuse me. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good to know, Jer. Oh man. Speaking of true crime podcasts. Someone was telling me about some stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck? How is there a market for this? <laughs> who who concocts these things? And then then he told me, well, this guy named RJ. So Justin Peterson writes, <laughs> hey, Jared and RJ, gobble, okay. gobble. I will keep it short this what? week so I can go ahead and get started watching all three and a half hours of The Irishman on Netflix. It came out today. And then of course I, re- I, I, re- I thought it would be Friday, but then I realized, oh, yeah, it's American Thanksgiving, RJ. Well, that makes it's more like, sense. Which I is, guess. aka, false Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, our our Thanksgiving is clearly better. It comes first. It does come first. Who is your first? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that makes more sense because I was wondering that too. I I kind of just assumed since everything falls on Wednesdays because that's just how our world works. I was right. like, of course it's Wednesday, mm-hmm. but that makes more sense, I guess. Oh well. So this is a short and sweet one. Not okay. even a, not even a goat question. If you were what? in charge of picking out a wholesome criterion and non-criterion for the whole family to watch on a holiday, what would you pick? My criterion pick would be The mm. Big Chill, since it is a good coming-together movie with a great soundtracking cast. And why not go with an essential comedy like Dumb and Dumber for my non-criterion pick? Thanks, creeps, and have a great show. And to you, Justin, happy Thanksgiving. Happy And happy thanks. Black Friday spending. Oh, baby. Uh, that, that's what I thought. That's, that's what I thought Sam was going to be messaging about. Is that vinegar syndrome? Uh, big Black, Black, Friday. Black Friday sale they've got mm. coming up. What if he's if he's got if he's got it all lined up? Is he a yearly subscriber? Are you are you Sam? I. It's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. I don't so know I don't, the answers to these things. I don't, do you got any thoughts on this uh, wholesome wholesome criteria? Um, so I I think there's like the one movie that comes to mind is like the Black Stallion. Okay. I think I think that movie. I've never seen it, but. It's about horses, right? It can't. How bad can it be? Oh, uh, yes. I mean, we're not, we're not talking about the documentary zoo or anything. What happens in the documentary zoo? Uh, well, there's a guy named Mister Hands. You can look him up, folks. Um, I probably won't because that sounds scary, Jarrett. What about uh, what's that one movie? Um, uh, you know the animated one with the the animals. Watership Down. Yeah. <laughs> That's, is that wholesome? That's traumatic. Is it traumatic? I saw that there's a movie on the Criterion channel right now called Plague of the Dogs. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, a wholesome movie? or Same ballpark. Same ballpark? Yeah. Gr- grim. Is All Dogs Go to Heaven a Criterion movie? Nope. Dang. That's your non-Criterion pick then. All Dogs Go to Heaven? Get the whole family in there. I mean... Is is this for Thanksgiving specifically? No, just, just for families to watch on a holiday. A holiday. Uh, okay, let's see. I just searched Thanksgiving on the Criterion channel, and there's a collection called Glorious Food. Okay. Uh, it's got something called The Exterminating Angel. <laughs> yeah. It's got so, Tom so, Jones. That's so uh, Louis Bunuel, my friend. And uh, Tom Jones, well, that movie's horrendous, but... 
What about uh, garlic is as good as 10 mothers? It's uh, a 50 minute thing from Les Blank. Oh, well, the director of Burden of Dreams. What about yum, 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 a taste of Cajun and Creole cooking? Also from Les Blank. Well, what about, uh, how about fishing with John? Yeah, I, I was actually, that was going to be my. Uh, was going to be my pick i just i'm looking at thanksgiving things now and all this these fun food movies like my dinner with andre that's a fun food movie right very very fun uh yeah i don't know let's uh fishing with john and then um let's say all dogs go to heaven okay or you know whatever what what were your picks well i say black stallion and why not just be a uh an old basic b throughout fellowship of the rings rj Ooh. Baby, hey, we're getting that in theaters uh, this I, week. Oh, we are, aren't we? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Friend of the show, Little Ham, wants to. Uh, actually, he's never listened to this podcast before, but uh, he does want to go. And I believe, now get this, I believe it's actually. I don't think it's here for an entire week. I think it's only here for a couple days. Isn't it for like a, a or a night? Friday and Friday, Saturday, or Saturday and Sunday. That's it. I mean, really, are they just? playing a blu-ray of oh, it for sure see that's what i mean that's the thing for where you're sure. like well is that exciting is that why like i didn't see the irishman this week because it's like well it's not like it's a print it's just a digital file that they're playing mm-hmm. you get to sit in the theater for three and a half hours stewing mm-hmm. in your own juices i saw such a bullshit uh, like news article on one of those movie pages today where it's like you got to watch the Irishman in one sitting. It's like it is like crucial to the story's impact to watch it in one sitting. It's like, what? What? Who gives a shit? I mean, you should. But yeah. like if someone doesn't like it's none of your business, none of your business. Oh, you're looking at it, man. If I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it however I feel, you know, exactly, you know. Was there a diff- was there another question in there? We got I got sidetracked. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's it for emails. Well, there you go. Nice and uh, short this week. Mm-hmm. People hey. must be sick of our shtick. It's Thanksgiving. Oh, true. People are maybe they're on the road. And then tomorrow what? they can open up their podcast platform and have a, have a new Criterion creep break into their house. Be disappointed. I do think. What's to, your Thanksgiving movie? My Thanksgiving. I don't have one. You don't have one? No. You're not uh well I mean Thanksgiving's not really a, not really a big deal up here, so that's part of it. Yeah. But like it's so it's early, it's earlier enough. It's not it doesn't feel that seasonal. It's a what, it's a break. What about like you know how people are super hot on that planes, trains and automobiles? Oh yeah. Is that one of yours? I haven't seen it forever, but that movie makes I, me really sad. Oh, it it it's pretty sad. I always kind of liked Uncle Buck more as a Mm. as a thanksgiving i don't think that even takes place at thanksgiving but i don't believe so in terms of john candy holiday films mm. i think uncle buck is uh pretty up there or the great outdoors for a summer <laughs> holiday film yeah Ooh, here's your answer adam's family values the perfect thanksgiving movie hey rj yo what you been creeping on this week oh baby don't you want to know hey i am asking Hey, you I'm, ever I'm contractually heard? obligated. You're contractually obligated. You ever heard of uh, the Bafang Ghoul, the Gaba Ghoul, the Vigo Mortensen, the epitome of Italian? Uh, <laughs> what is Vigo Mortensen? A man. Danish. Okay. 
Yeah. I meant like, where is he from? Oh, he's I Danish, see. apparently. Okay. Uh, so I watched his. He's movie in journey. Fellowship of the Rings. He is in Fellowship or the, of, of the Ring. Yeah. Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, that's actually correct. Yeah. Hey, you ever heard of uh, the Oscars? Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I have RJ. I've yeah. I've I've uh, I've seen all of the best picture winners ever, save one movie. Really? What would that be? It's not. That, it's that would, surely not the most recent winner, is it? It is the most oh. recent winner. This film called Green Book. Not. It's not even. Is it even the Green Book, or is it no, just, it's just Green Book? Wow. Okay. It's like Facebook. I see. Get rid Green of book. Yes. I, I find this surprising as it is directed by one of your all-time favorite directors, the man who brought us Osmosis Jones and uh, Stuck uh, on uh, You. And director of Dumb and Dumber? No, I prefer Osmosis Jones. I see. Um, oh, yes. A, a Farley brother directed this. Uh-huh. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So I watched this movie, Jared, called Green Book. Yes. Best picture winning. Uh, Universal underdog green book uh i kind of get it now <laughs> like why it won um this movie was under some pretty heavy scrutiny wasn't it jer pretty heavy scrutiny uh, yeah apparently maybe it was false scrutiny because people were just like oh that's not the best picture it was roma and they say it in that voice too. Roma, Criterion Collection edition of, version of Roma. So Green Book. Uh, I remember when it came out, or when it won, people were like, oh, that sucks. And I was like, well, whatever. The Oscars is made up anyways. Um, but I, the one thing that stuck out to me, I can't remember who it was. If it was either the family of the Italian guy, Frank Tony Lip, Vallelonga, mm-hmm. or the family of Mahershala Ali's guy, Dr. Don Shirley, but one of the families was like, hey, that story is not true. That's not how it played down. And they were, they were like, we don't care. We're going to make the feel-good movie of the year anyways. A real Dennis Franz. Mm-hmm. So do you know what this movie's about? Uh, a little bit. It's kind of the reverse, Driving Miss Daisy. That, that's what I've heard. Something like that. That, that got charted out. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the obvious poll. Mm-hmm. That's the the lazy one. But uh, Mahershala Ali is this world-class pianist. Uh, he plays the piano, plays a little classical music, uh, classical music, and he usually plays for upscale, uh, rich people in the New York scene. But he's like, you know what? Let's go on a tour in the deep south. He wants to like get back to the roots, you know, in the mm-hmm. nitty-gritty and and see see America. Uh, but they're like, hey, Mahershala Ali, you can't just go down there by yourself. Uh, you a colored man is what they call him in this movie. It takes place in the 60s. And they say, you'll get killed. So you know what he does, Jer? He hires a Italian tough guy, Vigo Mortensen, fresh with newly dyed black hair. I think to make him look more Italian. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he hires this tough guy and uh, tough guy drives him around and gets him out of tight spots. You know what I mean, Jer. Mm-hmm. So we went into this, and um, this is uh, Andrea was. Um, she's like, let's watch a movie, and we're flipping through, and she's like, oh yeah, Green Book. She's like, let's throw that son of a bitch on. I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. I was like, whatever. Um, it's fine. It's not bad. Like uh, I don't think it's like I remember when there was all this 
alleged outrage from people like it's not it's not like a one star movie or anything like that it's a solid i think it's a solid three from me like i i can see if people like it more it's just like it's a very uh non-offensive do everything the right way kind of movie do you know what i mean jer like it, it's super manipulative to a point where it's just like hey this guy he's okay with the the blacks but he's also okay with the gays and he's also okay with these. He's like, but you know what he's not okay with? Uh, prejudice. And you're like, <laughs> okay. It's like, these are like, I, I realize this is, it takes place 60 years ago. Does Vigo beat up racists? He does. Oh yeah. yeah. He does. I mean, at first, could you, could you imagine Jared that he is also slightly racist? And then he, but comes, then, then he comes around. Yeah, yeah. It's wow. like you ever seen that Christian Bale movie where it's him, uh, cowboys and Indians style, and uh, at first he doesn't like them, but you know maybe just after Host- some time, hostels is that hostels? The- <laughs> they'll become best friends. So like, it's nothing new. It's real. <laughs> it's it's nothing new, but it's also like it's it's fine. It, it's it was entertaining enough. Like there weren't any times in this where I was real real bored or anything. It's you know exactly what's gonna happen, and I guess it, that's comforting. In a sense, uh, if it is it a best picture movie, I I don't think so. But they, at the they, same, they almost never are. They they almost never are. Yeah, and like watching it, it's like yeah, I I see why this one it makes sense. We're but like I also see why the people who made this movie were also kind of surprised that it won because I remember when they went up, Viggo Mortensen was just kind of like hiding in the background. He's like, uh, are we supposed to be here? Um, but I don't know. It's not. It's not bad. I got some uh, some joy out of it. There's a, lots of talk of uh, bafangools and uh, like pasta and spaghetti and things like that. And those are all things that I like, Jared. There's a scene where Viggo Mortensen shows Mahershala Ali how to eat fried chicken. Huh. If you're interested in something like that. And how does that go? Uh, they're in the car and they're eating fried chicken. Okay. And he says, get in there real good like. With your hands. Eat the chicken. Eat it up. Oh. I can't imagine why people maybe said some things about this. Yeah, I, well, and that's, I understand that aspect of it too, where it's kind of like. What's, what's, what am I, what am I going to think of this movie, RJ? I don't think you'll think anything of this movie. Okay. Like, I. That's pretty typical, actually, of the, 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 this genre the the oscar the oscar genre i i honestly don't think you'll think anything you'll go some of those things were fine Mm -hmm. some of those things were bad and then at the end of the day you're gonna say who gives a shit and then you're gonna continue (laughs) on with your life like damn right damn right like it's i don't know it's kind of it plays out in the beats you think where mahershal ali he's like he doesn't fit in with the black people because he's high class now, but he doesn't fit in with the white people because he's black. So he's like, he doesn't fit in anywhere. And that's like his problem. And then Viggo Mortensen's just like, Hey, why don't you go take a shit? And he said stuff like that a lot in this movie. I I actually laughed out loud at that point because I thought it was one of the funniest uh, insults I've ever heard. He's like, Hey, why don't you go take a shit? I was like, what? (laughs) Excuse me. It was good. Uh, There is, I don't know. There's lots of food in this movie. Viggo Mortensen eats 26 hot dogs. So that screams best picture all, right there. All at once? Uh, it's over the span of like 20 minutes. Okay. You don't see it on screen. You see him eat one of them on screen. Okay. 
uh, what else is there? I don't know. It's it's it, it plays out exactly like what you'd expect. He he'll show up at places and be like, "We're so glad to have you." Uh, playing at an establishment and he's like very good he's like may i use your restroom and they're like you can go outside with the other animals and then <laughs> and then he's like excuse uh, me and then they'll leave and then Vigo mortensen's like uh i don't think that was uh, a good thing to do there oh wow you're really convincing me i can i i, I could for the right Patreon goal, I, I would act out this entire movie by memory. So the farther away we get from it, I won't rewatch it. I'll just, yeah, I'll act it out. You'll piece it together. Yeah. And like the green book thing, it's such a small aspect of this thing too. It's like the, the motels that, uh, um, for that they could stay safe. at. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, there's one is like, Hey, we're going to go to the Y this, this weekend. Oh, and like, that's it. There was actually a couple points too where Andrew and I like looked at each other because it looks like they very clearly cut a scene out from it, and they were just like, whatever, nobody gives a shit anyways. Like there's this big buildup about like he runs into some mob guys and they're like, why are you with this eggplant? We uh, we'll pay you uh, just as much money as he'll pay you, and he's like, I'll meet you in the ball later, and then Mahershala Ali's like, hey, I speak Italian too, because I am the most wonderful man in the world i speak eight languages he's like i know that they want you to leave but don't he's like hey i'm going down there right now to tell him that i'm not going to do it okay boss he's like okay and then like you think you're going to see that scene too but it just cuts to the scene afterwards where they're like hanging out again and you're like i wonder if that was supposed to be there i'm pretty sure they would have filmed it hmm i don't know i don't know jer uh but yeah that's my my hot take on this movie is whatever who cares? That's that's I mean that's why it's the best picture of the year. Yeah, and and like that's that's what I mean too. Like, de- like bottom line, I thought it was I thought it was fine. I didn't I don't uh, I I don't wish I had my time back or anything like that. There were oh. there were a few things I got out of it, so okay. I was like cool. But it's also like I don't know. It's not it's nobody. I don't think it would be a five star affair for anybody. Right. And, and if it is, whatever. Who who cares? If you like it, cool. Am I convincing you? I had to watch. I, I mean, I have to watch it no matter what. Once it becomes available to me, just like where it's on a, a platform that I can just watch it, because I, I have to. Yeah. I watched it on Crave. Yes, I, it's been on so, Crave for a while. And, yeah, uh, it's been on there for a couple months. Yeah, I don't. So have I, that, guess, I don't have that Crave though. Hey, do you want to hear the real? You you might one day. Uh, I would. Uh, I'm already sharing that account with someone else, so uh, I can't share that's, that with that's you. Fine. It's okay. Like uh, Shutter. Uh, but here here's the big thing, Jer, and this is what I really wanted to talk to you about. Do you know what this did for me in my life right now? This watching of Green Book? What? It finally convinced Andy that it was time to watch The Sopranos. Oh, <laughs> the Gabagool. Uh, it finally happened because we, <laughs> we started Handmaid's Tale and she she was getting really bummed out by it. She's like, she's like this show's... She's like, this show's depressing. I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, that's kind of the point. She's like, no, but she's like, I mean that it's it's too real because this is what the life is like now for people everywhere and like women. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I was like, that's fine. So she wanted to find a new show. And after we watched Green Book, she's like, I could watch The Sopranos. And I was like, what? I was like, excuse me? 
was like, I've been trying to convince you of that for like two years. Cause she always said that she had watched it with me. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, you, you didn't. I, I, I promise you, you didn't. I was like, you may have seen an episode or two. So now it's happening and she's, she's into it. It wasn't just, sometimes we'll start a series and she'll be like, eh, we, uh, we started on Sunday and we're like seven episodes in right now. Yeah. And she still, she still enjoys it. She's actually liking it a lot. So it's a solid win for me. I'm rewatching the Sopranos and I, I have to, I, I'll say this up front too, Jared. It's awesome. Even like season one. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I love the fucking Sopranos, man. So much of it. Ugh, I'll, I'll rave about it one, uh, some other day, but like, I love the Sopranos. I love Polly and Silvio and just like in these situations that they shouldn't be in. And they're so funny to watch. And it's got, you know what? Sopranos has a ton of fucking criterion stuff in there all over the place. Yeah. Like they go to a, a mechanic and it's Bunwell's mechanic. And I was like, I bet that's Louis Bunwell. Maybe it's <laughs> not, but I was like, I don't know any other Bunwell's. And there's some really funny jokes. Like uh, there's a scene where Martin Scorsese walks by and Christopher's like, I loved Kundun, brother. <laughs> I was like, that's that's a really such a weird thing for someone to write into their script. So anyway, my big point, Jer, is I'm back in the Sopranos world and I couldn't goddamn be happier. Good to hear. Good to hear. So I watched one other movie. Do you want to hear about yeah, it? Yeah, tell me tell me about of of Mike's and Men. Oh, you mean Wu Tang clan? Yeah. Of Mike's and Men? Well, Jared, you know about the Rizza, the Giza? ODB, Inspector Deck, Raekwon the Chef, You God, Ghostface Killer, and the Method Man. I know about Liquid Swords. Oh, Liquid Swords is the best, hey? Yeah, I know about that. I know about uh, Enter the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, 36 Chambers, baby. Yeah, I know about that. And uh, mm-hmm. I know about uh, Raekwon's solo album, the good mm-hmm. one from that era. That's about it. So I am a self-proclaimed... Wu-Tang fan. Yeah. I have a uh, belt buckle that I bought in high school, Jarrett, that has the Wu-Tang symbol. I still have it. Uh, I can wear it around if you want. You go right ahead. I also have a Tupac belt buckle that's like rhinestones, like diamonds, Mm -hmm. and it unscrews and it's a lighter. Would you wear that? Tell me about the movie. Uh, It's a documentary and it is four hours long. Ooh. Ooh, baby. So I, I, I will full, full transparency, full disclosure. I have one hour left of this thing. Okay. Uh, I watched uh, the third episode last night. Uh, and then I was like, I'm going to log this so I can talk about it on the podcast tomorrow. And I just have one hour left. So who knows what's going to happen in the last one? Uh, I think that even if you weren't a fan of Wu-Tang, I think you would get something out of this. Like um, if you could, put four hours into it i just watched this over the course of like a week uh in and out and it's really just a story about nine best friends who wouldn't they just wanted to be together and all the record labels like we can't sign nine people into a band they're like you're nuts and rizza and giza and old dirty bastard were like all right we don't care they're like, it's all of us and we all get our like exclusive. They were, they explained it where it was like, it wasn't just that they were a big group, but like the terms of their conditions were that, uh, any one of them could like kind of go with the label also. I, I, I don't remember, but anyways, it was like a big deal. It never happened before. But the whole point was just that these guys, they all grew up together and they're like, it's all of us or it's none of us. And they were just best friends, Jarrett. They were best friends. 
and they were all cousins and stuff, and they're growing up in uh, Staten Island, and you're like, yeah. Watching Kung Fu. Watching Kung Fu, man. Uh, I've always liked Wu-Tang because I always thought they were super wholesome in a sense where it was just Kung Fu movies, and like Liquid Swords is all about like shoguns and samurais. Lone Wolf and Cub. Lone Wolf and Cub, and he was like, man, these guys are wicked. Like, they're they're watching the stuff we watch, Jer. They're talking about the same stuff. And uh, I, I don't. I also I think one of the th- reasons I like Wu Tang so much too was probably because of the Chappelle show. Uh, like I think in two thousand when it was Wu Tang Financial, uh-huh. and they were uh, they were going through that route too. I think that might have been my first experience with Wu Tang like twenty years ago. I was like, I was like, I don't know what this Wu Tang is, but uh, if Dave Chappelle likes it, I like it too. Um, so the documentary it kind of just shows like them hanging out and getting their record label. And then what happens afterwards? It's good. I mean, if you like documentaries or if you like music documentaries, so how do they, how do they visualize things? Uh, they have lots and lots of footage from when they started out because these okay. dudes were walking around with like Camp video words. cameras. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Filming themselves rap and stuff like that. So it's a mix between that. And then, uh, there's, there's two different, uh, two different presentations of the talking heads thing. And I actually like them both. One of them is they have a big, like grand movie theater and all nine of these guys are sitting in the front two rows and, uh, they're just watching these old clips and it's them talking about it with each other. And they'll be like, Oh, I remember this. Or like that's, or they'll, they'll be like making fun of each other for like stupid stuff that they said. And then it'll cut to individuals in like a big chair and with just a black screen behind them. And they're telling their their like own piece to it, too. So it kind of bounces between those where it's them as a group and then them as individuals talking about like specifically their story. Right. Um, No, it's good. I I like it. Like I I really like Wu-Tang. So I'm that's why I watched it. But uh, I think if you liked music documentaries, you'd probably get something out of it, too, just to see like. It's just like a slice of history, I guess. You know what I mean? I hear you. You know what I mean? It's not like, I don't know about these music documentaries. Like, I don't think it's going to blow your fucking mind or your dick off or anything like that. It's not the most revolutionary if, thing, but it, it's cool. What if one does not have a dick? It's not going to blow any of your genitals off. I see. But uh, it's it's a, it's a fun watch, and especially if you're just... Um, if you just want something a little, I watched this because I was just like, I, I got to get out of the movie world for a little while. So I was like, I'll throw on this, uh, this Wu Tang documentary, baby. Mm-hmm. So that was it. But uh, it's good. You'll never watch it because it's it's four hours. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet. Like, I bet. You I, I, like to, like, I like yeah, to. I like cool. to know things. You know, yep. so, documentaries are a good way to find out about the world. Yeah, it's. Uh, I thought it was interesting, and like even. Like I was saying, all that record deal stuff. I was like, hmm, I had no idea. Well, and then you see, uh, you see like a little bit of these guys talk about each other. Some of it's just like empty praise, but uh, you can tell the ones that they're actually talking about, like Riza Jizza or Method Man. And when they they all talk pretty fondly about uh, old dirty bastard, but you know, DB, R.I.P. Man, R.I.P. Anyways, I thought it was pretty cool. Maybe if you watch it, you you might watch like one or two of them one day and be like, yeah, that's not bad. What's this on? Crave. Oh, see. Because it's an HBO documentary. Oh, I didn't know that either. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so, at least. I could just be making that up, but I'm uh, pretty sure. Sounds right. Seems legit. Yeah. So anyways, I watched uh, some Wu-Tang and some Green Book. <laughs> a nice uh, nice little mix this week. Yeah. What and, about and, you? Did you watch? Oh, what? well, before I get to that, uh, late breaking news. We got, another, we got another email. We did? We did. Oh. Okay, I just, uh, when you said that, I saw my phone was blinking, so I was like, let me look. And then I just saw, is it too late to turn in an email? Not yet, buddy. Hit me. We got Frank Solano. Oh, I baby. have seen the light. <gasps> oh, let's I, see. Let's I, see. I devoted my life to seeking a treasure once believed to be the most unattainable and was blessed to have attained it before the end of my life. A holy creation nice. made on holy ground, the holy land known as Ooh. Canada capes i know now what it means to be enlightened i know now what the purpose of human life is i know now that my humanly purpose has been fulfilled and i may pass away into the eternal dark with tears in my eyes of the pure joy for i have witnessed god himself in the form of a mini dv mockumentary all jokes aside i watched capes and it was great and now if you please jared describe what capes means to you and how you felt about it when you made it versus how you feel for it now and rj if you if you please ask jared if you can be enlightened too so that so that you may be enlightened <laughs> hmm. well uh my my official stance on that is uh when when you want me to watch that movie i'll know it'll be made available to me R- so, uh, rj would you like to watch capes would you like me to watch capes would you would you like to watch capes rj ask how me. long is it hour and 35 minutes uh yeah okay all right, I'll send if it, it to you. If it was any more than that, I would have said no. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's all for today, folks. Capes is great. That's it. Wow. So how do you feel about Capes? Um, have, you, have you watched it? No, since you... not for a very long time. Okay. Not for a very long time. Probably mm-hmm. at least 10 years. Okay. Um, I don't know. It was made uh, when I was 20, 20? I was 20 when I made it. Hmm. Made it with uh, my friend Mike. Made mm-hmm. it in Edmonton. Made it with a bunch of people that I never met before, but they were all game. All part of a the very talented pool of uh, improv actors with rapid mm-hmm. fire. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It all came together real nicely. And uh, at the time, mm-hmm. I was glad to have done it. There's like part of me I was like, I got to make a movie by like by the time I'm 20. That was really important. And that and then I did. With for like three, like three or four thousand dollars total. Damn. You know? Where'd you uh, crowdsource that? Uh, Kickstarter by, by working a job and paying for oh. it. Both of us. You, you we, didn't do a GoFundMe for that. Paying for it. Um, I probably still owe Mike money for that. Now that I think about it. But uh, wow. Yep. So that's what we did. Bought some costumes. Mm-hmm. Made a movie and. That's what you do. You're supposed to do other things. You're supposed to probably follow up on those things and get mm-hmm. better. Miss that part. <laughs> As you do. As you do. Uh-huh. Uh, especially when you're not paying people to do anything. You're just uh, mm-hmm. getting them to volunteer their time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It seems like a, a part of my life that's a long time ago. Is there any truth, RJ, to the thing about uh, the human body replaces its cells every seven years? I don't know. <laughs> see, because to me, it's like that's like two peoples ago. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, I feel like seven years is probably accurate because I was going to say surely 10 years. But I mean, even within 10 years, 
I'm a lot different now than I was five years ago. Right. Maybe. So in seven years, maybe that's accurate. Um, yeah, I'd like, I, I wonder if... I mean, I, I wouldn't blame you if you yeah. didn't rewatch it, but I, I'd wonder if you rewatched it, what you would think if... Uh, well, or I, maybe it would just make you longing, be like, oh, I would do this different now uh, or that. Or maybe it would just be like... I had such promise Cringing once. at yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Such promise. Well, such you were promise. a contender, Jarrett. I was a contender. I could, have been, I could have been somebody. Well, I mean, you're the host of a globally recognized that's, podcast. That's so true. That's not nothing. Because you can just do that. You can just uh, do a do a podcast and put it out there, and uh, the, the people will come to it. <laughs> well, I mean, this is clearly it's proof in action right now. It's it like happens. It's like a field of dreams. Mm. Are you saying that if you build it, it might come? So RJ watched yes. two movies of okay. no great shakes. Uh, okay. One's called The Possessed from 1965. Some, okay. RJ, would describe it. Oh, by the way, thanks for the email, Frank. Yes. Th- thank you, everyone, for the yes. emails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So The Possessed. Some people have described it as a proto-giallo. What do you mean? Because it's before giallos existed. I guess. Can we can we trace that? Is there a definitive like starting date for Giallos? Some, not really. But it's sixty five, which would be kind of early for it. But it doesn't quite feel like that. Hence, people throw out the proto. Let's mm-hmm. see here. What's the description of this bad boy? When a visitor arrives in a small Italian village, he discovers that the residents are acting like soulless zombies, and he begins to suspect that they may be under the influence of a mysterious local woman. Very, hmm. very misleading, RJ. Very misleading. Is that, uh, are you saying that's not accurate? N- yeah, I am. <laughs> well, tell me more about what the real, so the this, real story is. So, so this is. guy, this, uh, this Peter Baldwin, who, I don't know if you look at this movie mm-hmm. poster, uh, he kind of looks like a Robert Mitchum, Gregory Peck mashup of a man. Is he related to Alec Baldwin? I, maybe he is. Maybe, maybe, he's, mean, the, maybe he's Papa. Here, let me have a look at this bad boy. You keep going. Maybe he's the papa of them all. I've never even thought about that. Someone has to be. Yeah. I don't see any yeah, mention I'll, of I'll, it. Uh, there's, all, there's, there's Baldwin's in this world. So anywho. Oh, okay, okay. So, so this movie, this guy, he rolls in. It's lots of um, voiceover narration. So it's got those, I don't know, qualities. Black, the, mm-hmm. the, the movie looks great, but at no point was my attention ever grabbed by this. I, okay. I found it very easy to be distracted. I saw that there was an Italian and English version of this, and mm. I, wa- I went with the Italian, got to go with the native language, which maybe I regretted because uh, I was kind of half following this. There's a girl, and she's committed suicide, and she what? she might, she was pregnant, and it's like, who did it? And this, that's the giallo thing, where there's all these suspects, but mm. it's not like there's a whole bunch of people dropping off. I, I didn't get this... Uh, this soulless zombie vibe from it though. It just seemed like all these people kept like they were everyone was into this 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 lady. This fine lady. Ladies. What was that guy who said that? You sounded like him. Yes now. Funky. Do you remember that? Like the beady the Beastie Boy song? No, that uh that actor who was like Jer- ladies. Jerry Lewis? Yeah, maybe. Him or French Stewart. You're one of those two. Okay. Well Yeah. Ugh. Could be either. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. I heard some good things about this, very positive things, and it seemed like and yeah, then? and then it just wasn't. 
it did, did nothing for me. Uh, mm-hmm. So regret. Uh, and then yeah. uh, I I was thinking about watching one movie. Wound up on this one, Blue Money from 1972. This is uh, from Good Old Vinegar Syndrome. That plug that hey. plug that that plug's coming one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, right now, if you look at my recent activity on Letterbox, it tells quite the story. It's like these half dressed women, one being pawed at, one oh being God. filmed. This like weird man with his uh, long short jacket, uh, collar turned up, looking then, longingly into the distance, smoking, and Death Ship. I mean, it, it looks like a natural progression of a pervert. It does, doesn't it? To be it? honest. And I mean, I don't think anyone would argue with that that well, fact. Let alone myself. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Blue Money, RJ. Yes. This year movie. Let me tell you. Synopsis. Handsome and successful Jim appears to have it all. He's married mm-hmm. to the beautiful and supportive Lisa, has a healthy baby, and works a <laughs> cool gig as the director of a of hardcore porno fair. Jim's oh, seemingly dear. perfect life starts to fall apart when he has an extramarital fling with an actress, and the local Los Angeles vice cops close in to make a bust. Is uh, is that good? Boogie Nights. This ain't. Mm, okay. Uh, this is uh, quite the amateurish production on the whole. I was I kind of. I, it's been a while since I've seen one of those movies where there's people who are just clearly friends of people and they're mm-hmm. just acting, like capes. <laughs> like well, I, no not capes. There's some. There's some pretty good. There's some talent in that. This oh, I see. I don't know about this. Uh, this is Alan, Alan Patrick. So Alan Patrick is the director and star. So and okay. actually, actually, this actually probably would fall into the realm of Vanity Project, which is mm. uh, good to know. Vanity mm. Project. There you go. It's got the tag now. Is this full-on pornography? No, it gets close to that. There, I mean, there is like the scenes where it's just like, oh, there's a, a dude's butt, and that man is between that woman's legs, and he's gyrating. <laughs> and there's, and that's what it's doing. Is. What, Jared? Gyrating, thrusting. You... Okay, his sure. penis. Oh, you want me to finish? So, nope. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. Keep going. So, tell me more. Tell you more. So the, the scenes that are like set on the set of the the pornos, the pornos. Uh, okay. It's it's like there's the man on the camera. There's the cameraman. There's the sound man, and they're all shot like on a black sound stage. So there, it's like this like unreal kind of space, and none of them seem to be like that particularly interested in the going ons. They're just kind of like mm-hmm. this is this is my job, and these people, these actors, they're just not uh, they're not pulling their weight. She's not doing enough to get him off. He is overacting, and so you get some real sweaty weird shoulder action i it's hard to describe these these porno bits but we're introduced to jim alan patrick he was a uh, french canadian uh living in los oh. angeles and you get to see him uh, shirtless quite a bit he seems to be desired by quite a few ladies um his wife lisa she has like all the trappings of a heroin addict and uh is kind of like what are you doing man why aren't we just hanging out and doing drugs i don't know if they're doing heroin or pot again it's very foggy but this movie, even at, what is this, 93 minutes? Actually, that was the other thing with The Possessed. That movie's like an hour and 25 minutes. It, it's like uh, La Varencia. Like, it is, it's, so, oh, okay. it's so slow. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, hour 20 sounds like a dream, but I, I guess not when so, it's bad. But sometimes when it's just plotting, mm-hmm. Blue Money, it trucked along. But again, I don't know. 
these movies that are just failing to grab me. Reach out. Hmm. Well, maybe you need a break. Maybe you need to watch Wu-Tang of Mikes and Men. Maybe, maybe. Just switch it up completely. Or you really liked The Terror. Maybe you should watch another uh, quality. And Chernobyl. I know. Yeah, and maybe you should watch Atlanta. 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 That Teddy Perkins stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if – I think Atlanta – I think that show is very good. But uh, you might have to get through a couple episodes before it – kind of gets or, you do you know what i mean what if i like rewatched it's always sunny in philadelphia Ooh, that would be really good and then you could start watching the new stuff too right because you haven't the, been f- the last three seasons i haven't watched any i watched last season it was very good very good i haven't watched this new one but i think you should watch always sunny or you could watch some gobble with us <laughs> i'll just come over and you just come over hey, and hey watch guys. the gobble hey guys <laughs> i imagine you you probably own that uh for real right oh yeah yeah, yeah, I've I have like, like the DVD set I have that I, that was bought at oh at at the Costco RJ, for, the Costco yeah for like uh probably ninety dollars when it first came out on DVD mm-hmm. yeah I I bought it on DVD for about ten bucks in China when I was there nice are you still watching, are, you, are you watching those copies too no are you watching no, it on uh, Crave yeah it's a little bit uh, easier because now if uh, if we want to be fat lards and watch it in our bedroom we can watch it up there or downstairs right. it's versatile and you don't have to move pick the disc up and oh. move your body and like ugh, exhausting uh the tyranny exhausting. of physical media mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you should watch uh maybe you should watch some more tv maybe i don't know do do whatever you feel like i'm just saying yeah. you know maybe i i i'm enjoying the break yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, RJ, feels right. you, yes. got any, you got any news? Um, there was something I wanted to talk about. I saw Baby Yoda. I finally saw. Oh, I finally saw the Baby and, Yoda. Do you um, see what Werner Herzog was talking about now, or no, what? Oh, it still makes me sad. Oh. It makes me so sad. But he's pretty cute. It's it's just like those porgs. They've uh, Disney's got this formula of like, hey, how do you make something cute? And they and they're like, yeah, we gotta make a toy out of Baby Groot, Porgs. It's it's so calculated. That's oh all, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And uh, people mm-hmm. go along with it because they want to be uh, they wanted to be tricked into liking these things. Sure. So yeah, the, the fact that uh, Werner Herzog, uh, a man who uh, crucified a monkey for a movie with a bunch of dwarfs, uh, now he's like, oh look at the little Yoda. Um, uh, I didn't realize that was what happened in that movie. I remember you told me not to watch that movie, but yeah. I didn't realize it was a, uh, it was like that. Um, yeah, Werner Herzog is a bad dude. Surely, <laughs> surely. Uh, it sounds like I've seen more people make this lone wolf and cub uh, connection to uh, this yes, Mandalorian yeah, I, show. I yeah, I didn't realize that was the whole thing. Was that it's about a uh, a Boba Fett type who's uh, got to protect Baby Yoda. Maybe I, I, didn't, I didn't. I don't think I, anyone did know that I, until. I, yeah, that's, then I went. Oh, mm-hmm. and that Jean Favreau is all over it. Yeah, he's all over it. I mean, for the right Patreon bucks, you and me could make a Lone Wolf and Cub uh, remake. Where uh, I would be the baby. You're the cub. Yeah, I, I could be cub, and uh, you could be wolf, and we would encounter people commenting on youtube videos uh with malice and uh ill content and uh we would just have to be battling that i i, I guess mm-hmm. i mean if people are interested let us know um i thought i did have news but i can't remember now so i guess it wasn't important hmm that's too bad 
Maybe we, or I think we talked about it already. Did we talk about anything earlier? Do we ever spoke? We, we, we've talked, but have we said anything? No. Fuck, I don't know. Okay, whatever. It must must not have been good. Very well. Oh, well. We got, we got a movie to talk about, I guess, then. Uh, Spine 2? Spine 2 zero, zero. Oh, no. One, one fifth of the way to that Godzilla Showa collection thing that I'm, I'm a, little, a, little, a little hot on. It's the only thing I'm looking forward to. After the break, um, mm-hmm. we're hitting those singles pages, looking for love. I've and never stopped. Murder. Ugh. Gross. somebody who's so gentle and and refined and whose sister is a nurse. Ray and Martha could have been the honeymoon lovers, but Martha's insane jealousy turned them into the honeymoon killers. You here for my lawyer? Get the hell out of here! Get rid of her! Show up, I don't care what you do with her! Please! Jealousy led Martha and Ray down one of the darkest paths in the annals of American crime. You're the hottest bitch I've ever seen. And I don't have to take that from you. Oh, my God. She's dead. If you've never heard of Martha and Ray, see The Honeymoon Killers, then try to forget. She's in love with you. I can tell. So what? Uh, Jealousy turned each perfect setup into a nightmare. You with your stupid jealousy, you could have got me into trouble. I'd rather see you in jail than making love to another woman. If you've never heard of Martha and Ray, see the honeymoon killers, then try to forget them. I don't want the checks back. No, I don't want them back. If you've never heard of Martha and Ray, see The Honeymoon Killers, then just try to forget them. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about The Honeymoon Killers from 1970, directed by Leonard Castle, 
and Spine 200, RJ, in Criterion Ooh. Collection. The tagline for this film, Love is a Bitch Called Martha. Is that really what it is? Martha Beck, an obese nurse who is desperately oh. lonely, joins a quote-unquote correspondence club, but finds a romantic pen pal in Ray Fernandez. Martha falls hard for Ray and is intent on sticking with him, even when she discovers he's a con man who seduces lonely single women, kills them, and then takes their money. She poses as Ray's sister and joins Ray on a wild killing spree, fueled by her lingering concern that Ray will leave her for one of his marks. He he's not killing them before, is he? Well, so this is where we'll talk about the uh, the the true crime part and the. Okay. So, getting it out of the way, I guess right out of the way. So this is based on. Uh, so, uh, two true life serial killers uh, that okay. were dubbed the Lonely Hearts Killers, Raymond Fernandez and Martha Beck. Mm-hmm. And so from what I was reading, what I gathered, uh, the film kind of covers the murders that they were able to prosecute. And so they were going off okay. the actual evidence because this is like 1940, I mm-hmm. think, is when the, uh, the, 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 the original pair was running around. They were executed yep. in 51. This film is kind of like set in like late sixties America. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, that there's, they, they killed probably more people. They weren't for completely sure, but these are the ones that they showed. Those are the ones that they were more definite on, at least on the one case and piecing mm-hmm. things together. So maybe they were being a little bit restrained in what's a, basically an exploitation movie. They didn't want yeah. to go too far, but they I mean, they show those, they show those murders. So anyway, mm-hmm. so RJ, I've seen this mm-hmm. movie before. I own this on DVD. I bought okay. this years ago, uh, sold on one, the really cool DVD cover. Mm-hmm. And the write-up sounded like something right up my alley in terms of sleaze. Mm-hmm. And it was all those things. Um, it's been a very long time since I watched this, probably around the time it came out. So that's like 2003, mm-hmm. 2004. And so this was a, a long overdue revisit. And uh just want to get this out of the way because this is on the Criterion <laughs> channel. Uh, so this, the absolute worst thing about this film is a production mm-hmm. element that I've always found really hard to get past. It, it's the audio, the, the, the audio for like the first part of this movie is really bad. It is, uh, very noisy. You can hear mm-hmm. just like room noise and the sound of the machines and characters. Sometimes when they, especially when they start raising their voices, it's kind of like, it's <laughs> like, what? It's like, no, no one can hear it. Anything huh? that they've said, like there's no, they didn't re-record it. They just went with it. Mm-hmm. Um, as the film goes on, it does get better, but especially earlier on in some scenes in the house, uh, in the hospital and stuff, it's, it's, it's pretty tough to actually, figure out what they're saying without really paying attention. Mm-hmm. Did did you not have subtitles on? I didn't think I needed them. Like okay. I just like was more noting the the tone of the subtitles. Uh like or the, mm-hmm. the, the 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 tone of the sound of their voices. And then and then it, it does disappear. But that's like and that's on the DVD too and I thought maybe by the time that the uh, Criterion channel put their because uh, I think this is a restoration now since the DVD I have so maybe mm-hmm. maybe they found some better audio quality but I think that's just what it was recorded with and you just have to deal with it sadly yep. so okay. all those things being said um yeah I I enjoy this movie RJ <laughs> this movie is uh it checks a lot of boxes for me 
true mm-hmm. crime, black and white, sleazy. Um, I think that Shirley Stoller, uh, the lead of this, Martha, I, I think she has like a real screen presence to her. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's uh, p- pretty great in this. Uh, I, I can't, Im- I have to imagine that Divine of uh, the John Waters camp of uh, the movies that you've never seen. Mm-hmm. I, I drew a lot of inspiration from her because there's a lot of visual kind of similarities and uh, campness. And like, there's like the one scene, like one of the first things that's like always stuck out to me. And when I saw it again in the movie, I went, oh yeah. Uh, when she's like, it's a shot of her feet walking down the street and she comes across this little red kid's wagon and she just boots mm-hmm. it out of the way. That's like so perfect. And just like mm-hmm. speaks to her like anger with the world and frustration and her like not caring about people and just, I don't know. It's a, it's a good thing. And like, you've seen that thing get played up by like always like misanthropes and uh, mean old men, but it was really awesome seeing this like uh nurse walking home. And she's like, she's supposed to be the compassionate one. She's the nurse. And she's like all these things that it goes against uh, those stereotypes, but she's lonely. And uh, so in this, in this world before mm-hmm. there was, Tinder and Grinder and plenty of fish and uh, going well, back further online before online dating. Um, uh, okay, it was the old fashioned way. Uh-huh. You, you sent letters and there was things like correspondence clubs, lonely hearts clubs, and uh, the idea is that mm-hmm. for for people who just uh, aren't out there mingling, meeting new people, they they write to this thing. Their name gets sent to a PO. Maybe there's a number somewhere, a, a face, and. Uh, in this particular circumstance, we have uh, Ray Fernandez, played by uh, Tony Lobianco, and uh, he's yeah. uh, he's got a, he's got a gimmick. He's got an angle figured. He's going to single out these ladies, romance them, be a real Lothario, mm-hmm. and flee some other money and get out of there. It's a it's a victimless crime. <laughs> he, you know, he's he's given them their his love, and they give him his money, and then he's out the door, out the door. Is it? Is it? It's in 1940s. I mean, had anyone ever thought of this? This sweet scam? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't find issues in like a scam. A scam's pretty sound, <laughs> but like, I maybe it's the way they portray everything. I guess I don't know. Um, continue with what you're talking okay. about before I incriminate myself anymore. Right, right, right. So. Um, the Martha in this movie, she, she's getting swindled, but then she figures things out and there's some threats of blackmail and killing herself that kind of keeps him in. And then she's kind of able to persuade him that, Hey, I'm on the level. I'm into this. I'm into this. Like I'm in a sick way. And he's kind of like, yeah. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> Maybe we can be sickos together, and th- th- it's a new thing. So mm-hmm. they come. So they're banging. There and there's some some very frank sexuality here, RJ. How how'd that make you feel? That like just standing in front of her while uh, the sleeping pill drugged out mother is passed out nearby. Um, I mean, I was uh, okay with most of it. There were a few that I was kind of like when he's walking mm. when he's walking down the stairs very slowly. Yeah. Oh, she won't mind. And then just walking, walking, walking as his pelvis gets closer to the camera lens. I mean, some would some might say that that's the new romance, though. Like you know, mm-hmm. who who are we to judge how people find each other and stay together and, and carry know? on? 
yeah. carry on. Um, so yeah, so the movie's got like just these kind of um, these moments of the their their behavior. You know, it's like oh, I got mom to get rid of. <laughs> she's gone crazy. Put her in the old folks home. <laughs> It's like, mm-hmm. oh, she's lost her mind. It's just like, oh, that's pretty harsh. And uh, and then they start hitting the road and finding those ladies where they're playing brother and sister, which is, um, you know, pro- maybe more typical in a different era. I don't know uh, how hands-on this would – I don't know how far this particular scam would go these days. Uh, no, no, like just, with, in general? Or yeah, like... the, the, this brother-sister angle. Yeah, I, it's not totally believable because he has an accent. Yeah, he's clearly a, a and uh, he's well, he's like Spanish, I guess, like the for the actual man. And uh, Tony Lobianco yeah. is Italian. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's not like, and you uh, can tell they're not brother and sister. But you know, I right. mean, it's like, hey, I'm just so in love with this guy, mm-hmm. uh, I can't see past it, or I can see past. They could it. be half half siblings. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, what is yeah. What is anything? Right. What is anything? What is anything? Yeah. So, sure, sure. So, we get various angles. We see how these two interact and the fact that they are also are kind of uh, getting off on the fact that they're getting away with this stuff and kind of pushing those boundaries of how far they can get away with it. But Martha is a controlling woman and uh, she always kind of, she's getting, she gets jealous of these, uh, this, this process, which also winds up causing stress with this new woman that always is coming to the picture and Mm -hmm. making it more difficult to part them with their money. But uh, then over time, uh, things start escalating more and more. And then they find their, their, the main, I guess the first victim of the story, this woman who's like very sweet, very well off. And then you start seeing her kind of her dark side, which is like really Mm -hmm. great. Like when they're ordering food from this like cafeteria. Oh, don't worry. I'll pay for everything. Oh, how much is that? Oh, man, that's very expensive. You don't skimp on the gravy. And it's like, oh, what would you like, dear? She'll order that. "Mm, She eats too much. Like, I love how like she turns on this thing. We're like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're trying to say, well, maybe it's okay if they kill her. But uh, I, I. that, that's what I meant to say earlier when I was like, I don't know if it's the pre- uh, presentation of like the victims, because like it seems like that's almost what they go for with this nice old lady. It's like this. They're like, this lady was a total bitch. She was like calling people fat. She was like, we got to go to church. Unbelievable. But but then at the end, I think when you're shown the mother and daughter, you're like, oh, no, these are nice people. Now you feel bad for them. Not yeah, as much yeah. as the older lady, but well, even the older you'll lady get though, there. like the staging of the murder, uh, yeah, it's, it's not re- great. It's pretty grim stuff. It's yeah. really, it's really well done, and it mm-hmm. kind of like as you're watching the movie, um, it's like a, it's a very watchable movie, and then you get to that scene, and it's like it really turns, and it's like whoa, <laughs> like he goes and gets the hammer, and then he mm-hmm. sets it down, and he sits on the couch, and then she comes in, she knows, she wants the checks back, Ray, <laughs> and it's like. Who's Ray? Oh, well, I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm, I'm just going to take the jewelry, put it in my bags, and uh, uh, don't worry. Uh, there's nothing <laughs> weird. It's like, oh, man, this is getting real dark. It's like, you got to do it. And, uh, yeah, they cave her head in with a hammer, and she, you get to see they're choked to death. And, yeah, it's uh, – and then dispose, and then what happens? Dispose of the body, cleaning mm-hmm. up afterwards, putting the body in the uh, old tinkle, tinkle, tinkle truck. Tinkle trunk? The tinkle truck or tickle. the tickle truck? T- tickle? I mean, either way, tickle. it's pretty disturbing what you just said. Ta-ta-ta-ta words. So anyway, mm. yeah, 
they got to get rid of that bunny body, and uh, sure they, do. They, they sure do. Oh, and before that, there was the uh, there's like the the one lady who's knocked up the the southern lass who mm-hmm. gets uh, overdosed. Oh, uh, and then sent back on the bus. Yeah, yeah, that one I felt I I did feel bad for her too. I mean, even though Martha calls her the hottest bitch she's ever seen, mm-hmm. she says you are the hottest bitch I've ever seen, and it's like. I feel one of the other things I realized it was a different time, but also it was like you sleep with uh, some of them, like the old lady, he married her, right? But then he was like, you still sleep in the same room with my sister because they were married, weren't they? Or not yet. Well, because yeah. for, for a second, I thought like like for that one, I was like, I think they're married already. So it's like, why are they still sleeping in separate rooms? So anyways, the Southern Belle, I felt bad for her. I was like, yeah, she wants to get down. She wants to get freaky. Because Martha's like, how would you know? She's like, bitch, I'm pregnant. And she's like, I know what to do down there. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm misreading certain things. But, uh, <clears throat> you know. You know. What were you going to say about um, this Southern Bell? Oh, that, that was another. That was a nice bit of grimness. Grim yeah. business. That they're like dosing pregnant women. Just got to keep them quiet. Quit asking questions. Go to sleep. Do you want a sleeping pill, RJ? A sleeping pill? You know why uh, Andrea's uh, parents used to give her NyQuil when she was uh, a little worked up? They'd oh. be like, hey, you you look sick maybe. Come over here and uh, drink up. a little NyQuil. Uh, lovely people. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I've heard some stories of NyQuiling. Wow. I'm sure a lot of parents uh, <laughs> have been in similar situations where they're probably like, go to bed. They've had some strategies. Yeah, I mean, if Warlock's ever on your case, you could just give him a bunch of ham or something. Maybe he would eat it, get tired, and <laughs> call it a day. Call it a day. That's almost the same. Maybe, maybe. So, yeah. and then we get the kind of the, the last big kill. The, the one mm-hmm. that's supposed because it's like that 10,000 was supposed to last him, but oh no, we got a good thing going. Here's another woman. She's got a kid. It's going to be great. And she was like, mm-hmm. uh, he was a good man. And I'm presenting like a good man. But she just asked too many questions. And then, of course, the big one is, oh, I'm pregnant with his child. And Martha's like, no, that's not that's what she, not what she wants to hear. So what did you think was uh, better when she was strangling the pregnant woman or when she slapped the little girl? Oh, I think she slapped the little girl is pretty good. But yeah, that that scene where it's like all close up. Uh-huh. On on her uh, on her face and her eyes are just going back and forth as they're talking about what they're going to do with her. It's mm-hmm. some uh, some pretty great filmmaking right there. It's pretty good. Probably would have been good for a uh, an Instagram post for a hit podcast or something. Yeah. And then and then they have to start talking about what they're going to do with that little girl. And she's in the closet mm-hmm. and it's like oh boy. But I do and I also I really do like the uh, the conclusion to this how Martha winds it down. Like she goes and makes that phone call and the framing mm-hmm. of that, um, and then when she comes down the stairs as uh, as uh, Ray is disposing of the body in the basement, mm-hmm. and it's like there's someone at the door, and it's like I'll oh, just go down there, I'll handle things. Well, I I like that, and then I I actually think the like the resolution is pretty fitting too because she was he goes away and then she still loves him. And then it goes to a point where, like, she loved him most writing those letters. And now they have it back again. Yeah. Writing those letters. And then I was like, oh, that's what she really wanted. Yep. That's how and, I read and, it. And, he's not, and he can't see any other women. 
He can't see any other women, so it's like... She, she belongs to him. Just like you belong to me, man. Yeah. So, hey, did you know that uh, old Martin Scorsese himself was uh, directing this movie at the beginning? I uh, heard some grumblings so, of yeah, the sort, but I, I didn't know what that meant. Well, apparently he was tapped to direct this after he made a Who's That Knocking at My Door? Or mm-hmm. At the Door. And uh, he was working too slow. He was taking his his time making this movie, huh. making scenes on trains take way too long. And the producers were like, they fired him. This guy was going to cost us money. Wow. Yeah. And and then how much do you think he got done? I, I couldn't. I mean, I'm sure if you went through it, you could probably piece together certain moments. And there's actually one where they're driving down a road and there's kind of like a zoom in on the it's like whatever it was somewhere in New York, Queens mm-hmm. or Long Island, whatever sign it was, like Hoboken. And it, that's a very Scorsese vibe to it. That's something mm-hmm. that he would do, I think. But uh, yeah, that's about that's the one that jumped out at me because I kind of half forgot about that when I was watching this. And then afterwards, I went, oh, yeah. Someone mentioned that on some other podcast recently, too. And I was like, hey, we're going to be talking about that later. I should mention that, too. So I'm in the know. Are you in the know, though? No. I mean, would you consider this actual cinema or is this just a roller coaster ride? Ooh, man, does it make you think and feel? Does it take you to a place? Does, do you know where it's going to end by the end? Or do, do you, or is it like, because those movies are so predetermined. Is this predetermined because it is based on a true crime? You know that they got their just mm. desserts? Well, I mean, I don't know if you know this, Jared, but art isn't real. So I see, I see. Mostly none of it matters. But I'm I'm glad that you gave me some input on that. Mm-hmm. I I did see that, but uh, I was like, eh. I was the, like, Jared will talk the, about the, it. The other uh, factoid somewhere is that Francois Truffaut thought this was a a great American film. Yeah, but what did he know? <laughs> True. Hey Are RJ. You, yes. What did you think of the Honeymoon Killers? The Honeymoon Killers. First time, long time for me. Uh, I think I've heard the title of this movie more than I've actually like knew anything about it in any capacity at all uh i didn't i didn't know a whole lot about it but i've heard the honeymoon killers be mentioned a lot so when we were when you were talking about it you're like oh yeah it's honeymoon killers i was like i've heard that title before Mm -hmm. that sounds like a movie that people talk about for some reason whatever so I went into it pretty fresh, uh, fresh pair of eyes. I was like, I don't know anything about this. And then it starts off with uh, that little bumper. It's like, this is a true story. And I was like, oh, shit. I wonder if it is or if they just made it up. Yeah. Blair Witch style, 100% accurate. I was like, I don't know. Maybe. Who who knows? So you're watching this and you're seeing this uh, old Martha lady. And you're like, oh, dang. What's her deal? And then when you were reading the synopsis about an obese woman, I was like, I don't know if that's totally fair. I mean, she's bigger. She she just looks like a big woman. I don't know if she's obese, but maybe that's just my opinion. Anyways, uh, you see here and you see a little bit about her, Jared. And you're like, oh, I see what her deal is. She's act not acting out, but, you know, she's getting back at some other people. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. And then her mom is there, and you're like, oh, okay. And then enter Ricardo Montalbaum. <laughs> handsome man, a handsome man enters of Tony Le- uh, Bianco. Con himself. The con himself. And I was like, okay, let's see where this goes. And then you see a play out, and I was like, all right, I'm pretty sure I know what he's doing. Well, let's, let's see. 
And then uh, you get a little bit more. It's like, oh, yes. He says, I am that guy. But will you be that woman? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, so they're partnering up here. They're uh, a team up. Team up Iron Man and uh, Black Panther style, like Martin Scorsese <laughs> likes. So, uh, oh, yeah. One thing, too, is like, so Martha Beck in real life, she mm-hmm. had two kids as well. But they kind of skimmed over that to kind of make it more like she was like this, mm-hmm. like, loveless woman. It's just things aren't working out for her, um, which was, like, true. But, like, yeah, she's, she did have two children, uh, and he had a family in Spain that he abandoned. I think I, I think if they had left that in, it would have it would have been even better for this movie. It would have just made it that much sadder. Like, did she cart these kids along to all of these things oh, with her? I, I think she dumped them just like her mom. So they did the oh. mom scene instead. Yeah. So that, that maybe was a little too real at the time, but uh, if they had showed what actually happened and just her leaving some kids at like a Burger King or something, well, I the, guess the equivalent, whatever the 1940s version of Burger King was and being like, I'll be back in an hour. got a job interview and then just leaving. They'd be like, <laughs> That'd be pretty fucking sad. That'd be a little uh, out yeah. there. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, I never even mentioned. I just got into it. I like this movie. I thought it was good. Uh, I do like like Martha Beck. It's kind of like what you said. This lady, Shirley Stoller, of, uh, I don't know if you know this, but she's in one of our favorite movies, Frankenhooker, um, as something, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, she does have like a real presence because when, she, when she's on screen – She's grabbing attention, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're like, this lady's she's fun to watch because uh, she's she's got some kind of charm to her where you're just like, hmm, I wonder what she's going to do next. I can't take my eyes off her, Jer. I just can't do it. And then I think it really works in scenes where her freckly where, uh, face that you, can, you her, don't you, her freckly face that you don't even notice because like in black and white, but then they do this yeah. close up. You're like, oh, look at that. You're like, she's full of freckles. Um. I think uh, the one time or the few times it really shows like with her, like say her freckly appearance or her presence is um, kind of how you mentioned where she'll uh, like when she gets loose, it like cuts the the uh, the scheme loose and she'll be like, Ray, she knows all about it. Like it happens a couple times yeah. and they're like, who's Ray? And she's like, Ray, or, you got to end this bitch right now. And or, you're just like, oh yeah. shit, and, and Martha. There, and there's like the one woman, like the first like Mark, I guess that she's along with where uh, she's mm-hmm. like going through her stuff and just taking it all. And she figures it out and she goes downstairs. Like, I want my things back. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And like, she's playing that, like she just changes on the yeah. dime where it's like, oh man, like, yeah, she's totally in her element. Like she's, she's, in, she's enjoying this, this power. Mm-hmm. Well, who wouldn't? No. It's like, Ray, Ray you're not saying anything. Why are you not talking? <laughs> you're just letting her do her thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they do. Uh, they build it up good. Like kind of like we said, they, they there's a nice progression where you have the one that doesn't work out the way it's supposed to. And then you have the one that pretty much works. And then you have the one where it's like, let's kill this bitch. Uh, and then I actually really that's a direct quote. Yeah. Um, I really like the way it plays out afterwards where they're kind of like in shock a little bit and uh, they're like walking around naked. The lighting in that scene is awesome because it's dark, but there's just like the light from the one room coming in and it's just like Ray's naked body, like filling up the light or it's Martha walking through the light. And I I really liked how that was like kind of framed up. I was like, that looks nice. Good looking scene. So, so Leonard Castle, he came to this as a composer 
And Weird. he wound up directing this. And, uh, and, and this is his only film. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, pretty good. <laughs> well, that seems very nice. No. Yeah, and it's all pretty good. And, like, the one thing, too, that I, I think people would uh, could very easily criticize is the acting in this. But I don't care. Like, uh, some of these people, it's like... They're John Lovitz acting in these scenes, but whatever. <laughs> Who gives a shit, right? Like, I, uh, for the most part, I was like, I don't know. It's fine. I mean, let's just go along for the ride for a little bit here. Just go along for the ride, Jer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that, that one scene I think is, um, it looks great. Uh, I think Ray is an interesting character because he's equal parts like bad man equal parts like you kind you kind of want to be like oh you scamp <laughs> you little scamp ray because he's always like but baby what do you want me to do he's like what am i supposed to leave and it's like oh ray you you little whatever water whatever do you know what i mean jerm is that weird to say mm. probably not uh so i like i mean it's cool that it's a true true crime story. It's interesting to see. I think they it would have been better if they left in those those other points. But uh, just watching the whole thing, I have I was all on board for the ride. I was just like, yeah, let's see how this plays out. So I mean, I think that's a pretty big compliment. Yeah, doesn't sound like it. That sounds kind of condens- uh, condescending, but I'm being I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I watched it. I was like, yeah, that's good. It's good stuff. Little honeymoon killers. It kind of reminds me of Sisters, in the oh the, sure the tone of it. But and I I I think that this actually is uh, better, in some ways. Interesting. Like it grabs me. Like it's a movie. I'm like, yeah. Like there's like the stuff in it where I'm like oh, I'm very excited about with Sisters. There's like those moments. But there's like it's such a strangely goofy movie that it takes a long time to get to the, the good stuff. Hmm. Well, I mean, the thing with that, Jer, is and this and this movie's like almost like what an hour. 50 minutes pretty close and i think it goes by really well yeah yeah it doesn't um doesn't drag or anything like that that's for sure you know it's uh it's pretty good i got some nice screen caps that uh, i look forward to using Mm -hmm. sometime in the immediate future um some anti-semitism that one was uh that one was pretty good i i mostly liked um the hot bitch ones and the uh just when they're kind of pumping each other up a little bit it's like He's like, what would you do for me? Would you do this? He's like, oh, yeah. And like, I mean, that sounds gross when I say it. But uh, in the context that I'm going to use it for, it'll it'll be wholesome and uh, lighthearted. So interesting show, my friend, Jer. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Want to hear about who hates the Honeymoon Killers? I guess. <laughs> yes. Alan H., Okay. With a little blue whale blowing some water out of his head. How do you get that on his uh, letterbox? To... I copy and pasted it. Oh, wow. Shit. One and a half star. I think this movie worked better under its original title, A Bunch of Ugly People Yelling at Each Other. A Bunch of Ugly People? Yep. That seems pretty unfair, Jer. Pretty unfair. So this Alan H. individual... Uh, their bio just says bullshit. That's it. Mm-hmm. They have lots of ratings. Do you want to hear about five stars or half stars? Uh, you you guide the way here. Five star review for Rambo. 
where they uh, go to Burma, even though he tells them not to go to Burma, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person just gave five stars to Thunder Road also, that movie that you watched and thought was okay. Yeah. Five stars to Mandy, First Reformed. Uh, I mean, a lot of these things are – they're not bad actually. There's a few things I can poke fun of, but – Let's go to the half-star reviews here. Um, A Children of the Corn remake, (laughs) Speed 2, Hellraiser Judgment. Ooh, Nocturnal Animals, half a star. Oh. Interesting. Our fan base will love that. (laughs) It's not too, it's not, it's not that at all. It's pretty, it's okay. Yeah. Jacob Phillips, two stars. Okay. Very amateur and not in a charming way. The dialogue is all terrible, and the performances aren't doing much to sell it. Maybe my ignorance is showing, but I don't see what's so great about the lighting. Like, what makes this any better than Shadows? The John Cassavetes movie, I guess. Could have been cool, just wasn't. (laughs) Could have been cool, just wasn't. You know what could have been cool but wasn't? Funny games that this person gave five stars too it's divisive it's divisive uh the remake funny games sorry same thing same yeah same exact movie right um it's all five stars are all criterions and then things like miyazaki films so nothing okay nothing out of bounds there but uh half star to a beautiful mind hmm is that a bad movie it's been a long time since i've seen it it's been a while since i've seen it too half star to black panther uh Half star to ants with a Z. That can't be right. That's a good show. You know that Woody Allen classic ants, Jarrett? I yeah. Yeah, I know That's that. That's not a half star film, is it? Lance mm. Grab Miller, two stars. Mm-hmm. This is a weird one. Feels like a hangover from fifties Z grade thriller with a couple drops of early Cassavetes and a couple drops of early John Waters. As great as that sounds, it doesn't quite live up to that description. The death scene of the old lady at a little over an hour is a bit raw and hard to watch, which kind of makes it the best scene in the whole movie. Sure. Maybe it does. Is that their whole review? That's their whole review. Uh, It looks like it's either... Oh, it's a fresh account, this person. I was going to say abandoned, but it looks like they just started. No, wait, that can't be true. They have stuff from last November, and they have stuff from this November. But they only – what the fuck is going on? Uh, they, they don't rate stuff anymore. Okay. Five stars to Stalker, half a star to Forbidden World. That's not fair. All these people have eight and a half is one of their favorite films, though. All these oh. people who hate this movie. Really? Yeah. Well, not all. Uh, this person and the last person. So two out of three. Interesting. Strangely enough. That's – I mean – if you want to hear that this person gave Get Smart, the Steve Carell film, one star, I'll tell you about it. That's right. But, I mean, whatever. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, Honeymoon Killers, I think, is a success. I'm, yeah, I mean, I liked it. What a great pick for 200. I'm pretty sure I've read some people say that uh, people were mad because they had high expectations for the 200th. And it's like honeymoon killers. But it's like, this is like a, a great uh, example of what the Criterion Collection should be able to do is kind of unearth these kind of obscurities that more people should be watching. Are people ever not going to be mad when never, they... Never, like, never. Like, you, you no. make it, it could have been 201, and they'd be like, fucking honeymoon killers. It could have been 214, and they'd be I'm, like, honeymoon killers. I'm, I'm sure people were happy that uh, Devil's Backbone was spine 666. I would have preferred 
fishing with John Beastbind six six six. But then we wouldn't have watched. You wouldn't have discovered you liked it yet. But also Spine thirty or whatever it was. Yeah, it can be in there twice. When's that sequel coming? Any last words, RJ? Nah, I liked it. Good. Pretty fair. Pretty fair. Pretty, Pretty fair. fair. After the break, we're going to pop some sleeping pills, sit back on the bed, eat some chocolate sweets, wait for Ray. Ray. Big Ghostbusters? <laughs> That's right. Old okay. Dan Aykroyd. Nice. much money is it worth to kill somebody not enough i mean well i haven't been offered enough not yeah. even not even in your 90s neo-noir western life i mean if it was a patreon goal i would probably do it yes that's, that's right speaking of patreon hey folks, oh yeah get get on that it would there yeah i mean there you go. Maybe that's a Patreon goal. Maybe, maybe that should be the exclusive. If you get on Patreon, I'll send you a link to Capes. Who me? Yes. Oh, or other even, people. Even you. If other people start a new Patreon that's exclusively to me, maybe I'll make good on this killing thing of, of Jared Duncan. You can email us at criterioncapes at gmail.com and tell sure, us about your price to kill sure. a man. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnwolf. We're on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all that shit. Next week, Spine 201, the start of a new era. Vittorio De Sica's Umberto D from 1952. Uh, I'm not going to like that, am I? Got a dog. I know. I've heard that before. That doesn't. Are you scared? A little bit. We never talked about the dog that disappears in this movie. It's mentioned and then it's just never seen again. And you go, hey, wait a minute. Oh, man. Well, we'll find out what happens to that little dog next week. We'll find out, maybe. Maybe. We'll find out. Good night. Um. Woo!